Headed to Chicago anytime soon to take in a night on the city? Well, if you're heading there after Monday, you may not be required to show proof of vaccine or be required to wear a mask indoors. But you might want to keep that mask and that vaccine card handy. It's the WMAY Morning News Feed. I'm Greg Bishop, 637. And uh, Chicago announcing yesterday that they're going to be lifting their vaccine passport requirement and their mask mandate for most indoor settings on the same day that Governor J.B. Pritzker announced that uh, the indoor mask mandate statewide is going to be lifted. That's coming Monday, February 28th. So yesterday the announcement came not just from the city of Chicago, but also from Cook County uh, that they're going to be uh, lifting that mandate for individuals to have to show proof that they were vaccinated before they can go into a bar, a restaurant, a gym, a theater, uh, and, of course, uh, some of the uh, the independent groups, uh, the restaurant associations, they're reacting as well uh, to this news. But uh, here's some of what uh, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot had to say and uh, Chicago Public Health Department Director uh, Dr. Allison Arwady to the questions about uh, why this came about. Was it because of uh, science or was it because of lawsuits? What's happening with schools? Because that was not something announced to be lifted. Uh, but you'll hear Dr. Arwady uh, discuss a bit about what she thinks the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention are going to be putting out in the uh, in the weeks ahead, possibly modifying things. But here's uh, from yesterday some of the, uh, the things that uh, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot was asked and uh, the response uh, from uh, Lightfoot and uh, Dr. Allison Arwady about masks in schools and so on. Uh, Liberty Justice Center filed a lawsuit now a motion for preliminary injunction over the city and county's vaccine passport orders on behalf of eight Chicago and Cook County residents. The suit alleges that the order violates the plaintiff's constitutional rights, Illinois law, and Chicago Municipal Code. Are you ending the vax passport order because of this lawsuit and no. what is your response to the no. plaintiff's claims a absolutely not um every time a challenge has come um against what we've been doing those challenges have been denied uh by every court that's heard them state or federal but i'm not going to comment on the particulars of that lawsuit we follow the data and the science um look i'm a 30 plus year litigator i'm not afraid of a lawsuit not just here, but across the country, uh, people are looking at metrics. They are looking at what what does it mean to be burdened as a community to the point especially where you threaten your health care system. So you've heard me talking a lot about the hospitals and the health care system because that remains the biggest concern, not just here, but around the country. And so we're not going to get into specifics today, but we will continue to follow, you know, similar to the same metrics. Um, I do expect the CDC to likely announce some updated um, guidance there probably in the next week or two. And I would expect that we would be broadly going along with that as we have to date. Um, but I can say we're in a good place. We'll continue to make decisions based on um, the data and the risk and uh, do everything we can to not have to put stricter mitigations in. Since we reopened fully last April, as you know, we've actually not closed anything. We've not put any capacity limits in. One of the ways we've been able to do that is during the surge, have the indoor mass, and then during the big surge, have that indoor uh, in the high-risk setting vaccination. But we're at a place where those can be lifted at the city level. I, of course, remain supportive of um, the individual businesses and other settings that, that choose to continue them, particularly in the short term. So, again, that was uh, Chicago Dr. Uh, Arwady uh, with the Chicago Department of Public Health and also uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot discussing some of the things 
uh, about uh, lifting the mandates for masks, but also vaccine uh, requirements for customers of indoor facilities. Uh, what's interesting there is uh, you kind of heard uh, Dr. Arwady touch on that a bit about um, how uh, you know the the local businesses can still require these things. Uh, and I reached out to uh, a variety of different uh, organizations yesterday uh, to try to get some uh, some response, uh, including the Illinois Restaurant Association. Uh, and ultimately, they said that they're happy to see these changes. Uh, they said that uh, it's going to inspire confidence uh, in the uh, in the restaurant industry, uh, and it's also a, a promising sign of things to come. Uh, but you also have the Chicago Independent Venue League. I asked them for a statement as well, and they represent a lot of independent uh, nightclub type of environments, uh, comedy clubs, and so on. And they said in the statements that every venue is different, and patrons should keep their vaccine cards and masks handy should they still be required. Uh, so we'll see that play out, of course, in Chicago. 217-629-7970 is the phone number. Uh, you can always chime in live and local. Uh, we'll go ahead and uh, see if we can get a call here in at 217-629-7970. Uh, got one. Good morning. You're on WMAY. Yeah, hey, Greg. How's it going today? Good. Yourself? Oh, not bad. Uh you know, I, all these mandates, and they're, they're finally lifting them, and, and it, I just can't help but think about how close the election is and the low polling numbers and the fact that, you know, I, I'm pretty sure about every Democrat's going to come out and be like, well, we did it. We just we saved all of you. You know, everything's great because of what we did, and now we're going we're gonna to lift all these things, and they're all going to pat themselves on the back not realizing that they didn't do a thing. Well, it, they'll, you know, of course, point to, uh, you know, transmission rates and uh, the decline of those transmission rates. And they may say that those are from the mitigations. Uh, but if you just look at the natural wave of the COVID-19 pandemic, there is a natural ebb and flow. And that seems to be just the natural progression of viruses. Whether or not the mandates and the mitigations actually did anything, I really think that we should have an independent audit with multiple different auditors looking at all of this very similar to how they do science and data uh to to get the true oh, understanding every aspect of yeah. it yeah all right i appreciate the call 217-629-7970 is the phone number we'll see if we get that kind of review i don't know if we will though uh but again uh chicago lifting mask and vaccine mandates though some local organizations uh including venues bars restaurants they can still require uh, you to show proof for COVID-19 vaccine in Chicago and Cook County if that local business wants to. Now, I reached out to, uh, for instance, the United Center. I have yet to hear back from them because, uh, listen, I mean, a lot of people travel to Chicago. Uh, you may have already gone to Chicago to take in a show, uh, but uh, maybe some of you didn't because you didn't want to have to deal with these vaccine mandates uh, to have to flash your papers in order to go into a venue. And uh, we heard a lot, too, about uh, since the beginning of the year, the, the vaccine requirements been in place. Uh, a lot of businesses uh, in certain areas, especially if they were close to uh, you know the Cook County line, uh, noticed some uh, some some problems. Noticed a, a decline in, um, in in patrons. Uh, so it definitely has had an impact. Uh, we'll be talking more about Chicago in particular uh, with the Illinois Restaurant Association just after eight o'clock this morning. Uh, but we'll also talk with them about a variety of other things as well. 
post-pandemic. So stay tuned for that. 217-629-7970. I'll take one more call before we talk more about uh, a few other COVID-19 mandates news. Uh, Good morning. You're on WMAY. Yeah, hi. I guess the one part when I listen to that, and I didn't catch all of it, but that seems to be upsetting to me is it's like every time they have a news conference, or maybe it's just the ones I listen to, it's always, well, we're not going to get into the specifics. And I'm like, well, aren't we entitled to the data? If, if you're making a ruling or making a statement, just to at least give the statistics to back up what you're saying. But they did show some graphs and some t- statistics and some, you know, the, 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 the transmission rates and the hospitalizations. And they said these are the metrics that we're following and so on. So, I mean, they did offer that. But again, is okay. it is it because of, you know, the downward trajectory? Is it because of these mandates, the masks and the uh, requirement to show proof of vaccine to get into a restaurant? Was that really what made the numbers go down or were the numbers already going down just because of the natural ebb and flow of a virus. Okay, thank you. Appreciate the call. 217-629-7970. So other uh, mask issues being lifted. You've got the uh, Illinois Supreme Court. They've announced that uh, they're actually going to be lifting uh, their mandates. Uh, Press release released yesterday said Illinois Supreme Court amends order on courthouse mask policy. Effective February 28th, the amended order states that each circuit court may adopt rules requiring the wearing of masks in courthouses pursuant to appropriate public health guidance. Absent such local rules, the wearing of masks within courthouses is permitted but not required, they said. Uh, But the Illinois Supreme Court, uh, not just taking up that issue, uh, they could possibly take up another issue. Governor J.B. Pritzker yesterday filing the uh, paperwork necessary to have the Illinois Supreme Court uh, hear the uh, appeal that he has. Uh, So some background here on the mask mandates for schools, but it wasn't just the mask mandates. It was the exclusion policies to keep students from school if they were around a suspected COVID-19 positive, uh, and also the vaccine or testing mandates for school staff. So last fall, you had two separate lawsuits, one uh, more than 700 parents uh, suing 145 plus school districts over mask and exclusion policies, and another lawsuit, dozens of staff suing more than 20 school districts over vaccine and testing mandates. Those were heard in January. February 4th, the Sangamon County Circuit uh, Court Judge uh, Raylene Grishow, she ruled that uh, the the governor's mandates were null and void uh, and that uh, schools should uh, conduct themselves accordingly. Uh, And then ultimately you had more school districts say we're going mask optional uh, and that number continued to increase. And then uh, last week you had the Joint Committee on Administrative Rules, a bipartisan panel of state lawmakers that oversees administrative rules. They blocked the governor's uh, emergency rules that were filed just the day before on Monday last week. JCAR blocked that on Tuesday. And then the appeals court on Thursday uh, said that the governor's appeal is moot because of JCAR's action. Well, yesterday, the governor made good on his promise with the Illinois Attorney General filing motions to the Illinois Supreme Court uh, to take this case up on an expedited fashion. But it's unclear 
if the Supreme Court will even take up the case. So again, I uh, gave you that background on these cases and where they're at, but Tuesday, Illinois Attorney General Kwame Raoul filed the motions to the Illinois Supreme Court, uh, including an emergency motion to stay pending appeal, which would mean the court could say, okay, we're putting a stay on the Sangamon County Circuit Court judge's ruling uh, pending an appeal ongoing, uh, but they also are looking for uh, an expedited hearing as well. They said the temporary restraining order entered in this case impairs the defendant's ability uh, to uh, ultimately protect the public health. Uh, and again, that uh, that lawsuit uh, filed by parents across the state uh, suing 145 different school districts. Uh, they have this, uh, this now uh, filing to the Illinois Supreme Court. And whether or not the Supreme Court takes this up, uh, that's a different story. So uh, the plaintiffs in the case, they argue that their due process rights to challenge quarantine orders, like requiring masks, being excluded from school, or vaccinating or testing, it violates their due process rights by being mandated. Now, the Illinois Supreme Court, they, uh, they, they, they have yet to indicate if they're going to take these challenges up. We'll see what happens. But the official filings have been made uh, by uh, the attorney general uh, on behalf of Governor J.B. Pritzker. Now, speaking of attorney general, uh, you've now got three names that are uh, vying for the Republican attorney general nomination. The nomination petitions are already circulating. You've got a March 7th start to the filing, so that's coming up here pretty quick, and that one-week filing period is when everybody's going to be throwing in their nomination petitions. But you have uh, several candidates that uh, are now uh, out in the ether, so to speak. And uh, we talked with one of them yesterday who's been pretty involved uh, in the ongoing litigation that uh, the uh, the governor just filed for the Illinois Supreme Court to take up, and that is the litigation that parents brought uh, blocking mask and exclusion policies and vaccine and testing for staff at schools, and that's the attorney, Thomas DeVore. We talked with him yesterday. He announced this week that he's running for the Republican nomination, but that's after two others have already been in the running, so to speak, uh, circulating petitions. Uh, you'll hear here from uh, a couple of uh, different individuals. One, Steve Kim. We talked with him. He's a Republican uh, and uh, shared uh, some of his, uh, his thoughts. Uh, you'll also hear uh, here in this uh, little segment, uh, David uh, Shostakis. Uh, he's an attorney looking to get the Republican nomination. And of course, also, uh, you've got uh, attorney Thomas DeVore uh, that you'll hear here as well. And I think the theme that's really kind of... Uh, uh, central to some of the, the statements you're going to hear is about the attorney general representing the governor and not the people of Illinois, something that the Republicans are going to be uh, hammering hard, I imagine, heading into the primary and into the November general election. A diverse background in both in, in law and, and government. Um, I've worked with uh, numerous businesses and governments all around the world and I've um, been able to really understand throughout the globe, and I've seen the importance of uh, the importance of anti-corruption uh, policies and also the rule of law. You know, I've also served in government, worked for Governor Jim Edgar, was a local township official, and uh, recently I was a commissioner for the Illinois Human Rights Commission, where I've adjudicated hundreds of civil rights cases and, and understand the importance of protecting our civil liberties. Um, I've been appointed by the Illinois Supreme Court on the Rules Committee, giving me a really an understanding of the intricacies of our Illinois court system. You know, I'm not a career politician, uh, but I believe I have a, a, 
a, a good diverse background in both uh, law business and also in the government. They actually rewrote the, uh, the analysis of the law that stood 20 years that said the governor could only uh, exercise his authority for 30 days. But um, Pritzker didn't like that, so Kwame Raul goes and he writes a new opinion and says, oh, never mind, he can do these sequential, these sequential orders. They didn't like the law, so they just pretended it was different. This is crazy. This is crazy. Um, there's um, 15 other duties uh, in the Illinois Attorney General Act, most of which are not paid attention to, because, of course, the current Attorney General acts as the wingman for the governor. The previous Attorney General worked, acted as the wing lady for the Speaker of the House. The people of this state put me in that position, and I promise you, on my life, it won't happen here anymore. Because if any governor, I don't care what party he's from or she's from, you try to do that, you're going to have the full force of the attorney general's office to deal with. Think of the suffering that's happened the last two years at all levels of government. From Governor Pritzker all the way down into some of our local bodies of government. The harm that's been done to our people, to our business owners, to our children, it's, it's unimaginable. And they need to be held to account for that at all levels, top to bottom, held to account. And I'm not so sure, with all due respect, that Mr. Ohl's prepared to make them account for that. So, again, uh, hearing those uh, three Republican candidates vying for the uh, GOP nomination for Secretary of State, it's definitely going to be an interesting uh, race. That's that's uh, for sure. All right, 654 now from Culver's West on Wabash. Shrimp, cod, and walleye. Oh.